Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Patriots Beat Podcast. I'm Ryan Spagnoli, your host here of CLNS Media. As always, joined by with me, my good friend, Alex Barth of 98.5 The Sports Hub. Alex, football. We got football back. It's here. Football! Great game tonight. Like, awesome game to kick off the year. It's usually a pretty good game, right? Because it's the, it's typically the, the defending champs. I, I think they always play on Thursday. The only time I remember they didn't was um, the NFL 100 year when they had Packers-Bears and the Patriots right. played the, the Steelers on Sunday Night Football. So it's usually a pretty good game. Honestly, I'd take Lions versus, I don't know, Vikings right now. Anything that's real. Uh, but AFC's complications, uh, implications. Right off the bat, right? I mean, it'd be yep. – it's the Bills division until proven otherwise. I, I, you know, I, I, I don't think I'm, you know, spilling any secrets there. But Well, no, uh, haven't you we heard where everybody's back. talking about the Bills? I mean, they've already won the Super Bowl. This whole season's just a formality. You know, there's – Josh Allen's actually the bad. only individual left in the league that plays quarterback. All the Bills players are – not only are they the best at their positions – they're actually the best at other positions. Deion Dawkins, better corner than Jalen Ramsey. The Bills just don't put him out there. Uh, there's we, we should just fast forward to the parade. There's no point in playing this season, Ryan. And I thought last year was bad with the hype, right? Because mm-hmm. last year was the first year you started to hear a little bit about this team. And not a little bit about them, but, you know, Allen obviously had the, the really good COVID year. And they won the division for the first time. And last year was the first time we really heard about these guys. You know, hey, Super Bowl contenders, but. This year, I mean, I've never seen a team that loses in the divisional round repeatedly every year and just gets, you know, Super Bowl. Like, they're they're comparing them, right? They're getting as much hype as, as the Patriots in Dynasty 1 and 2. Like, it's ridiculous. They went 11-6 and six last year. Patriots were 10-7, and seven, right? Or did they go They could have lost the division. If they lost to the Jets and the Patriots beat the Dolphins, you are not AFC East champions. Like, think of that. The Patriots, with all the problems yeah, they had they, they last year. one game better than the Patriots. I know. Yeah. And like I said, with all the problems they had down the stretch, they were one game away from winning the division. Right? I mean, obviously, you needed a miracle. The Jets going into Buffalo and winning. But they were playing meaningful football. They did not have that game wrapped up until 4 o'clock on week 18. So, they're they're talking like this team. Like, it's the, the Chiefs are deserving of this much hype, right? Like a team that's consistently been to the AFC title game. Um, Or I don't know, a team that just won the Super Bowl and returned the majority of its roster. Right. I mean, but they're they're getting hype, but not, no, but not everybody's it's the bills and everybody else. It's not, it's not the bills and everybody else. It's the bills, the Rams, the chiefs, the Bengals, the bucks, the Packers. And then I, I probably missed one or two. And then everybody else like, 
it's just, it's, put, it's, it's ridiculous. Maybe you put Baltimore in there for that top tier. I mean, if, I if Lamar's healthy, I would. That's They're kind of like their own. Baltimore's right. its own thing. But but anyways, some anyway. news here at the at the bottom yeah. of the hour. Um, about half hour ago, Patriots signed Marcus Cannon, old friend Marcus Cannon, to their practice squad. Um, you know, you talk about the tackle depth. And all I got to say is <laughs> great camp from Yodney Kajust, but, or Kajust, however we pronounce it on this show. Uh, it looks like you might have your swing tackle. Um, you know, who knows? I wouldn't even necessarily call him a swing tackle because I don't think he's seen really any reps at left tackle really in the last decade. Um, what it does do, and, and I'm curious to hear your thoughts. For me, it's it's a it's a red flag in terms of Isaiah Wayne and his ability to to, to stay healthy, right? Playing on yeah. the fifth-year option, his biggest problem since he came into the league has been staying on the field consistently. He's been out pretty much all of camp. Been on the injury report all week with a back. That can mean a multiple things, right? I mean, you don't have a you don't have a back, you can't do anything. Everybody knows that. Right. Um, practice squad, I I you know, I don't know the rules. You'd probably be can brush me up on those. He I believe he can technically play Sunday if they needed him to. Push comes to show. He could play Sunday. I don't know about this week. Um yeah, I'm I'm with you on we were waiting to hear with Win. We didn't know what the injury was. He missed a week and a half at camp. He then missed practice last week. We didn't know. Back, like you said, always concerning, especially at that position. So to have more depth there, you mentioned Kajastu at a good camp and, and Haran, who's been good in the past. Those are their only two other tackles, and both of those guys have been up and down. I do think adding tackle depth was important. I, I think he there is some multiple position versatility. I don't know if it's right tackle, left tackle. It might be right tackle, right guard, or just right tackle guard from Cannon, which is good. I, I think adding a, a veteran voice to the roster, especially when you look at the offensive line, they've struggled with communications, things like that. A guy who's been here, a guy with some familiarity, it's a good signing. As for, you know, will he play? When will he play? So in theory, yes, he could be elevated on Sunday. I doubt it. That just feels really rushed. Um, I, I think they can get by with what they have for one week. I was muted. They no, you're good. They could ele- they so as long as on the practice squad, they can elevate him up to three times during the season. But what we've seen at times, and you're seeing this with the Cowboys, right? They just signed um Jason Peters, the the former Eagles sack was like 36, 37. They signed to the practice squad first so he can get back in shape, back in game shape, and then they'll they'll add him to the regular roster probably three or four weeks in, depending on if they activate him this week or not. I don't remember when Marcus Cannon got released, but I want to say scheme fit though. Like what, what they're trying to do. And I know I'm jumping all over the place. I curious your thoughts, right? Because well, so let me, let me just go back real quick. So Cannon was released by the Texans in March and he hasn't played since. So this may be, maybe they just want him on the practice squad as leadership, but it also could be something where he's on the practice squad to get back in football shape because he wasn't in camp or anything. That's not to say he didn't do it. You know, that's not to say he just sat Those on the guys couch are always in shape, But there's a difference. Right, right. You, you got one. It's different being in the facility. Exactly. Right. And then maybe he'll, he'll be moved up to the active roster. If, you know, if they feel good about it, when the time gets right, maybe, I don't know, like a month. Right. So I, I, I think it's Isaiah win insurance. I think they don't feel great about Marcus Cannon or Yadin Kajus. They might not think those guys suck, but they might not feel great about them either. They get another option, a veteran option, a guy who's been here before and who may be able to play multiple positions. And, and as for a scheme fit, I, I don't really know if this correlates kind of what we've been seeing all camp, right? An older guy 
is he going to be able to run some of that outside zone stuff, right? Like that's, that's a question too. That, that was the biggest head scratcher. But like you said, the familiarity is probably the biggest thing leaning towards that signing. At least this, well, they this did a little bit the... of that. They did a little bit of, that, bit of that in Houston when he was there. I don't know how good he was at it. Like I'd have to go back and watch, but I don't think he was and horrible I at it. I think he played four games. It. Hasn't he played four games? I thought I saw since, since the Patriots traded him. Is that right? Oh yeah. He got hurt early last year. Yeah, you're right. So, so. Uh, I mean, 30, 36. Is that how old he is? I mean, he is great, you know, great signing 34. considering 34, right. Played a lot of football, played a lot of meaningful games. Right. I just think, I think we're a little bit too comfortable running into the, running into the season with these two guys with not a lot of, I guess, insurance behind him, right? You got Kajust, who we've really never seen in game action, right? Had a great camp, obviously all the power to you. That's, that's great. And and good to see from a young player like that, someone that's ascending, I guess. But like you said, how good is he going to be? Is he going to be, you know, a swing tackle that you can kind of plug in and and hide a little bit. It's kind of hard to do that at the tackle position, especially right tackle. Uh, Marcus Cannon, you know, like I said, it's it's great from a leadership perspective. Obviously, his familiarity played with Brown, played with David Andrews, right? Uh, played with Isaiah Wynn for a few years. So I mean, knows the unit, knows what it's knows what it takes to get done. But I don't really necessarily think this move moves the needle in terms of me feeling more comfortable about that offensive line. Right, and I know it's late. You're not going to find no, I a, mean this, yeah, an all pro it, tackle on the streets, but it's a good move in the sense that, are you know, what better role is there for a practice squad spot? We'll see who they release. They have to release somebody because they were full after signing Laquan Treadwell. But this, the, the new rules with the practice squad enable things like this. And you know what? If he gives them a spot game here or there, that's that's enough. Then it's 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 a good signing, right? Right. So, I mean, that that's like you said, I, I doubt we'll see him Sunday. If anything active, I don't necessarily think he plays. It'd be interesting to watch win status. I would probably consider him to be a long shot to play just because we haven't seen him on the field. Um, I don't want to say on the field, right? He's been limited, but a back injury at that position, man. I mean, you could have a tweak and it's you're you can't do anything. You're you're almost paralyzed, right? It's it, that's just right. what it is, especially at that position. So interesting to see that position unfold on Sunday. I think Kajust is probably your spot starter. Maybe they push on Wenu out and give Ferentz a start at, at guard. There's a bunch of different combinations they can go with. Football is back and bet online is your number one source for all your football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football odds, news, and games matchups, including this year's opening week's games. BetOnline is your continued source for all your wagering information, including live betting, free contests, and live scores. It is always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. So head on over to BetOnline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure you use promo code CLNS50 to receive your awards. Bet online where the game starts. Let's jump into the game, Alex. I think we start right away with 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 the keys to the game, right? I mean, these I, I said it earlier in the week, and we kind of wanted to save the meat of this matchup for today's show. I, I think when you look around at the roster, right, it's no secret the, the Dolphins have a better roster than the Patriots right now, right? It, on paper, you know, football games aren't aren't one on paper, but I think the biggest advantage the Patriots have if there's any in this game, it's it's in the trenches. That front seven versus that below average, right? We have, the Patriots have offensive line problems, but I think 
the Dolphins have just as much. Right? You got Austin Jackson, their right tackle, who's been, you know, he's been on the field, but I would consider him more of a bust for a first round pick. Obviously, he hasn't lived up to the hype. Uh, you know, uh, the center, I can, the chat always helps me out, came over from, from uh, Dallas in the offseason. He's their center, led the league in penalties as an interior lineman. So I think that's a spot where they can really win the game, right? But it's, do you have the corners on the outside to be able to be sticky enough where even if two is getting the ball out quick, you know, all he's got to do is get the ball in, in Tyreek Hill or Jalen Waddle's hands and, and it could be a long night for you. I mean, I think this is a big week for Jonathan Jones, right? Taylor Kyle's had that great thread on Twitter about how Jonathan Jones has kind of locked up Tyreek Hill in the past. They're going to need that. And you just sort of said it, whether it's Hill, whether it's Jalen Waddle, whatever, whichever their receivers it is, they need to do a better job in that quick slant stuff, that RPO stuff that killed them last year. I don't think, you know, you talk about the offensive line. This is a huge part of that Shanahan offense that McDaniel is going to run in, especially when two is your quarterback, right? They are going to get the ball off so fast. The pass, the pass rush will not matter. So there's, you know, kind of combating that is twofold. And this goes into complimentary football that Bill Belichick likes to talk about. One, you, you got to win at the line of scrimmage in terms of the corners, right? Get up on them, press them, throw off that timing, hit them when you can. You got, you can't give Hill. And I, I know like, I, I'm not saying like, oh, come out and press Tyree Hill on every snap. No, but, just don't don't allow them clean releases. You can't allow their receivers clean releases. And then on top of that, you got to stay in the game offensively. You can't have one of these slow starts. You've got to force them. And, and you know, offensively, you got to stay ahead of it. And then I'd say defensively, too, you've got to stay. you got to keep behind the change. You can't give them second and five. Second and five is going to be their most dangerous down. You, you need to keep them behind the change to the point where they have to do some more true drop back passing. There was a piece from... I think it was Steven Ruiz talking about like the outlook for each quarterback, right? And the Dolphins saying they want to take away some of that. They they want Tua to do less. Uh, that traditional, you know, three-step, make the read, get the ball out. You got to put them in those situations where it's second and long, third and long, and they have no other option but to go to that. Right, and I think, too, like you said, it's it's limiting their playmakers, right? Easier said than done. Right, the run game, right, and, and, and you, you mentioned staying in the game. I think that's never really been an issue with them down there, right? It, it's kind of just a slop fest every time, right? From just the the memories I have, at least for the last few years down in Miami, they're always in the game, they're hanging around, and then it's like you know, sloppy turnover turns into points, and you know, it, it's never really a blowout, right? But I, you don't want to get in a slop fest, and I know that's hard to say week one, especially with a team that still looks like they're they're working the kinks out. Right. Uh, but offensively, take care of the football. Try to control the game, right? I, I think that's the biggest thing, especially early on when you're – I, I want to say it, they're, they're lacking – it seems like lacking confidence in their offense, right? Especially up front. It's, you know, limit – limit. <laughs> it's easier said than done, like I keep saying. But right. at least from an offensive perspective, like just take care of the football. Uh, just try to stay in this game. They're a better team on paper, but I, I feel like – you know, if you can hang around for as long as you can, like anything can happen late in the game, right? I'm babbling here. I sound like a I'm doing a post game interview, but it's it's going to be ugly. These divisional games, especially down there, you, you know exactly how it is. They'll come out, they'll go down seven, they'll kick, you know, seven three, thirteen three. They'll get points before the half, and you're just constantly clawing back every time you're in Miami. I think if you can limit that, a fast start would be would be awesome to see, especially from an offensive standpoint. 
Um, but yeah, I, no. I guess overall my keys just win the trenches, right? Just get the Tua, like you said, you know, limit those, keep them off the chains, right? The second and fives, right. the third that's and threes, the thing. I that's going to kill you. I just, I just don't think getting the Tua, like Miami is going to do things where they don't allow you to do that beyond the offensive line if you allow them to play your game, right? They're going to be getting the ball out in a second, second and a half. And then it doesn't. I, I don't care. And, if you have and three say what you want about Donald, him as a you're quarterback not there that quick. and a passer, but and not to cut you off, but that, that's something he does well, I think, and, it, and it's killed them the last few years, right? The RPOs. Say what right. you want about his abilities, I think he's super limited, especially down the field. But if there's one thing Tua does well, he gets the ball quick and he gets it out on time, right? What's Mike McDaniel the most catchable ball he's ever seen? Is that right. what he said? <laughs> Whatever that means, but. Um, yeah, I mean, th- that's it for me for keys, right? It's, it's easier said than obviously basing it off nothing too. You're, you can't talk about last week, what they need to improve on. I'd like to see a fast start and just hang in it. Don't get in a slot fest with this team. That's just seemingly what it always is. Um, I think the biggest thing, and we, you, you touched upon it a little bit and we talked about it last show is what are you going to do with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle? Right. I mean, like we said, Jonathan Jones has had Tyreek Hill, Matched up against him, you know, it seems like a dozen times really since both of them came into the league. That's been the one guy who's done a pretty good job on him. So, I mean, credit to him. And that's, that's a tough cover for anybody. He's done it as well as a job on him as anybody else. But then you get with Jalen Waldo, right? Is it, do you match speed for speed? Is it a, is it a Miles Bryant or a Marcus Jones type of game? Well, no, no, let's, you... let's not try to match speed for speed with Miles Bryant. We saw them do that last year. I've seen it. I'm good Isaiah on that. And I like Miles Bryant, but I'm, I'm good on that. It's got to be Jalen Mills, though, right? I mean, it's your number one. I don't see him really on Cedric Wilson or, you know, I assume. So the one interesting thing here, and Bill hasn't been asked about Mike Kosicki yet this week. Maybe he will tomorrow. But when he's been asked about Mike Kosicki in the past, he's referred to him as a wide receiver, not as a tight end. I wonder if that's where Jalen Mills plays, especially because they like to, and we'll see with McDaniel. I guess this is where it's tough. In the past, they would split Kosicki out. The Shanahan offense, you really don't split the tight end out. Tight ends, off tackle, if not inliner in the slot, right? So, but still, I I think this is me guessing what they will do. I think you have to hope John Jones can can lock up Tyree Kill like he has in the past. I think you give him the shot to do that. You put him out there with some help, but I think what you what you really do is you put uh, Marcus Jones on Jalen Waddle with safety help on the other side. You double, J- you, you double Jalen Waddle. You see what Jonathan, and again, the stat from Taylor Kyles, the last four matchups, it's pretty much been Jonathan Jones on Tyree Kill without double coverage. And Hill's got the most receiving yards he has in the game in that span is 64. If you hold Tyree Kill with 64 yards on Sunday, you're probably in pretty good shape. And that's right? a win for anybody. If and you're then, going up against top receiver, 64 yards, like they're going to get, he's going to get his touch. He's right? going to get just, something. You're not going to, right. you're not going to erase him. You're just not, you got to kind of be able to play around it and hope you, your offense does enough where it's minimal damage. I would go John Jones on Tyree Kill, Marcus Jones on the other side against Jalen Waddle with Devin McCourty over the top helping. And then Jalen Mills on Mike Kosicki. I, I, I think that they're, that might be a way they 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 lean. Yeah, and and you you've seen them do that in the past with some of their bigger or, or I guess longer kind of tweener cornerbacks. And what I mean by that is they they're not their your prototypical outside guy like you know Stephon Gilmore, J.C. Jackson, right? Like Akib Talib was a tight end stopper. And I know last year we saw Adrian Phillips kind of take that role a little bit. Kyle Duggar was in that role. Um, you know, could it be Jabril Pepper or someone like that? Right? Like we we have nothing really to base it off, especially with the with the new pieces on the secondary and this kind of this new look. 
But I like that with Mills on him, right? But then you get into who's that kind of that fourth corner, right? If you're going to designate Mills to Gesicki, right? There's somebody else over there that's got to, you know, contain Cedric Wilson and, and guys like that. Is it a Jack Jones type of game, right? Or does Terrence Mitchell get the bump up and maybe see a little bit more playing time for somebody like that, right? There's a bunch of different ways they can go. Um, but I think the other thing too, in terms of a matchup, I wonder too, Teron Armstead's battled some injuries, but when he's been on the field, has been pretty solid. That's their left tackle. Austin Jackson, who I mentioned in the in the prior in the beginning of the show, has struggled right at the NFL level. I wonder too if you kind of you put Judon on the right side with a matchup versus that he should win more times than not on that right side of the line, uh, and then maybe you stick you know Dietrich Wise or or Josh Uche if you want a little bit more speed off the edge, just to kind of man that matchup with Armstead and and try to really win on the right side. I'm curious to see. I mean, they, they're not a prototypical, like we saw Judon line up on the left tackle a lot last year, but I, they will move him around. Yeah, I he's just too aggressive on the strong side, especially against a team that's going to do some of this RPO stuff. I think he's got to be on the backside. I'm looking at Anthony Jennings on the strong side. I hope he gets significant snaps in this game. I think this is a great game for his skill set. I've brought this stat up before, Ryan. He led Alabama in pass deflections in his last year there in 2019. I mean, he has a real knack to get his hands up, getting those passing lanes and knock balls down the line of scrimmage. That's a great way to defend RPOs. I mean, you can't guarantee it, right? But quarterback's got to make a quick decision. He maybe doesn't have a chance to look down. You can knock that ball down or at least make him think twice. Then maybe you get, you know, an illegal block of field penalty or something like that. Um, and he can, he can hold contain. He can hold contain on that side and not allow the running game to bounce that ball to the outside. So, I still think you leave Judon on the weak side. I think Judon's a weak side player. Maybe in, excuse me, maybe in rare cases you move him around. Uh, you know, maybe against a guy like Lamar Jackson is going to move a little bit. You move him around. Uh, but I I just still think you put him on that side. And I know two is a lefty, so it's, it's strong side. They're still going to run things the other way. Uh, I, I still think you put Judon, or what I'm saying is, I think, yes, Judon is on the right tackle in this game because the right tackle is the left tackle normal alignment, right? You still keep Matthew Judon on the weak side. You still keep Matthew Judon coming on the back side. You put Anthony Jennings on the throw side, and you let him hold that edge. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. And I think, too, kind of flipping it over to the other side, Tough test for this offensive line, week one. I mean, they get some good players yeah. on that front seven, right? You got Christian Wilkins, who's been a good player since he came into the league. Melvin Ingram, obviously a little bit older, but a lot of experience. Jalen Phillips, somebody I really liked coming out of uh, out of Miami. He had a monster rookie season. Uh, you know, Emmanuel Ogba, Raquan Davis, right? They got some players in the interior that can cause some havoc, right? And it, it's never as bad as the Dolphins have been. I feel like they've always had a pretty solid above average front seven, right? And with your offensive line problem so far, like this is a this is a big test for them. Like it's not a top five unit, but it's 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 a it's a above average unit and somebody that's a good measuring stick for I guess how far you've came since the troubles when we last saw them. Yeah, I mean this is this is the big question. We'll know right away. Just, you know, could, could this offensive line get things sorted out between the last game, you know, last time we saw them against the Raiders in this one, Max said yesterday, felt like they were very close on tape, but they ran the ball pretty well in those games last year. They had, you know, four and a half yards per carry between those two games. Mac was pressured on 31% of his dropbacks. 
against the Dolphins last year in those two games. That's too much. So this is already a defensive front that has handled that, that has given the Patriots problems. And now they're going up against an offensive line that, you know, and may, maybe it works the other way. We'll see where you have four new starters from last year's games, uh, uh, four starters in new positions. Win and Brown, obviously switching sides from last year, Michael and when actually started at left guard in the opener last year. And then he didn't start that second game. So they got to protect Mac Jones better than they did last year in this matchup. If they can run the ball as well as they did last time, that's good, but they need to do a better job protecting Mac Jones. I mean, that, that, that goes without saying, but I guess too, you know, it's, I actually meant to ask you this kind of off yeah. track. They're down in my, or not even in Miami. And it's a big, right. uh, you know, I listened to the, to the flagship, your, your station, 98.5, pretty much all day. They've been ragging on. I, I'm curious your thoughts on this because we've never really seen this. We did touch upon it a little bit, but I, I actually didn't know the extent of where they were staying. And it's not even a football field. They rolled out goalposts, no. the, the H ones, right? Like the yeah. ones you see on your middle school field that you're out there playing at recess. I, I'm getting off topic. We can get back into the game after, but I never got your thoughts on it. It seems crazy to me. Not really. I mean, it's more no. about the conditions. Yeah, the fields are well maintained. I mean, they're they're uh, taking a grass. bus twenty minutes to practice and getting your equipment yeah. out. Like it's high schoolish, Barth. Come yeah, on. They're Bermuda grass fields. The same thing. that's in Miami. I, they. I don't know. I. I. I don't think it'll hurt them going down early. I. I don't necessarily think it will help them. I don't think it maybe has the effect that some people are projecting it to. But I don't think it hurts them either. I think it just. I don't know. It's a decision they made. I. I. If they win. It'll be called brilliant. If they lose, people will blame that decision. I think you're looking way too much into it. It's, the, yeah. you know, they've done things like this before. When they go out West, you know, for the back-to-back games, they stay out West. They stayed in LA last year. Uh, you know, they've done it in Denver before. And they, they usually use college, you know, Division One college facilities, UCLA, the Air Force Academy. But in I, I don't know. I, 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 I have... Um, I know people in the area who are familiar. I know people in the area who are familiar with the the university and the facilities. And they said they're real, they're good facilities, especially for D2. So, you know, it's not like they're out there without a football team. Well, they still have lacrosse and soccer teams. They still maintain the field. You comment that it was it was the best option they had. Like it's Florida. Come on, like you you get a football field. It's like a golf course every mile. You know, I, I guess. Who wants to take it on at this time of year? But it's an NFL team. It's a Patriots calling. We can get down this road the whole time. I was like kind of shocked, right? Like like you said, UCLA, Air Force, like one of those, it's like, okay, but I don't know. Uh, anyways, I got off track there. I apologize. But I did want to get your thoughts on that, at least on the air, especially since I've been listening a yeah. lot to your colleagues uh, bash the decision and, uh, and, and, and talk about the goalposts and everything. It's good content. I like it. But anyways – from Mac Jones' perspective, you know, I'm curious to what this game does for him moving forward, right? Because it's – he I don't want to say he sounds robotic, but he's hes very Patriot-esque in the terms of how he handles his press conferences, how he goes about his business. Obviously named a team captain yesterday. That's a huge honor for him, someone like that. We've heard for months, this is his team, this is his team. This just goes out and puts a stamp on that. But – are you worried about him? Is it, you know, and like we talked about it, right? In terms of their offensive line, you can't play quarterback if you can't pass protect or if you can't run the ball efficiently. It all comes from up front. They haven't been able to right. do that in the times we've seen them. 
but are you are you worried about losing him too early? Right? Is this a big game for him, momentum wise, uh, to get going early on? In a very important year too. Yeah, you, you want to start off on the right foot, especially after the way they looked in the preseason at times. I think if they come out and they play a good game, it kind of puts all that to bed, right? Nobody's revisiting that. If they come out and they have a rough game and Mac has a rough game in week one, it just compounds. So, yeah, I think you always want to start the season off on the right foot. I I, I would say it's a big game in that sense. I, I'm more worried about the protection he's getting than Mac himself. I think if they protect him, he'll be fine. What I worry about is kind of what we saw a little bit of in that Raiders game of him getting sped up and it impacting his decision-making. I, I I think the first drive really is key, right? And I've talked about this before. They 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 were slow starting last year. They were slow starting all summer. If they can put together something on the first drive, just go get a field goal, man. That'd be a great sign. Because how many times last year in the summer, they come out and just boom, three and out right away. They got to pick up a couple first downs on that first drive. You know, I think that that's going to make things feel a lot better. If they come right out and go three and out, yeah, it might, things might stiffen up a little bit. I mean, it was good to see too, I guess the Carolina game, the the Raiders game was just a mess from the start. Um, Three and out, three and out, you come down, you you march right down the field, 45 yard dart to Aguilar down the sidelines, you punch it in for seven, right? Like something like that. Like, give me some flavor, like some juice early on, right? Show me you're alive. Show me the, you know, at least you're, you're making some improvements, right? Because right. we hear about it and it's still going to be the case this year. It's the case with pretty much every team, but I think it's, it's more under a microscope in new England. And we see it more is the first four weeks are an extension of the preseason. Bill talked about it, you know, last week, right? You're not going to get everything figured out offensively, defensively, even in the kicking game in these first four weeks, but you got to at least be competitive in the first four right. weeks, right? Like the little things, fundamentals that they talk about all the time that it seems like they got away from, this preseason, right? Like you don't want to go out and lay a stinker, but if you come out, you know, God forbid you lose in a close game, but you're, you're showing improvements and Mac gets relative is relatively clean all night long. And you, you lose by a field goal, right? Like give me some sort of flavor from the start in terms of their offense, really. Yeah, no, that's just, that's the thing. You just don't want them looking flat. I, I, I don't think it's like, you know, last year was, oh, you lost, but you looked good. That's a rookie quarterback. No, you don't get to do that this year. Results matter this year. So I, I don't think you get to say that. But, yeah, you got to see something from the offense in this game. They can't look as anemic as they looked in the preseason. Yeah, and it, I guess, too, which kind of gets overshadowed. You're going to play some really good quarterbacks on the stretch, right? Like you got Tua, you got Mitch Trubisky next week. Then you get Lamar. Then you get Aaron Rodgers, right? We talk about it all the time. There's no – there's no like duds anymore uh, on this schedule, especially later on. Mitchell Trubisky sucks. I'm not saying he's good. I'm not saying he's good. I'm saying later on, right, in oh. terms of their defense, like is it going to be an anchor of their team like we're used to, right? Because you're going to face some good quarterbacks down the stretch. Uh, I guess in, in, in not even so much their quarterbacks. I guess I'm babbling a little bit. But for their receivers, like we talked about, you're getting a mixed bag really early on with two speedy guys that, you know, they can stretch the field in their own rights, but they're kind of, you know, those, those tweeners, they can zig and zag and, and make plays with the ball in their hands. Then you get George Pickens, Clay, Chase Claypool, some bigger guys next week, Jamar Chase later on in the year, uh, you know, week three getting, you know, some speedy guys with Bateman and, and all those guys. I guess what I'm trying to say, Alex, is your concern level with the defense, especially early on, right? We've, we've seen, if the offense is going to stall and, and go through these growing pains, especially through the first weeks, 
is the defense good enough, it, primarily in their secondary and on the outside, to hang on and be able to keep them in these games like we've seen over the last you know decade or so with the first four weeks? Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know that – I don't think they can hang on the secondary. Like, they can't hang on the secondary like they have in past years and succeed, but that's just, you know, the nature of the changing roster. I've said this before. The last couple of years – Patriots defense was basically predicated on, yeah, we don't have the best pass rush, but we have corners that can cover an extra one, two, maybe even three seconds out in the patterns and give that pass rush more time to impact the game that, you know, when they had Gilmore and Jackson like that, even going back to Malcolm Butler, that was kind of how the defense was set up. And that's the way some defenses are built. You're not necessarily going to have studs at all three levels. I think this year that mentality changes to, yeah, we don't have maybe the best secondary, but our pass rush is going to get there in, in two and a half or three seconds instead of three or four seconds. And that buys it. You know, we don't have to be as competitive in the secondary. It's, it's a philosophy change and it's something teams, you know, undergo all the time across the NFL is your roster shifts. You have to adapt. You're not necessarily going to have the same strengths and the same weaknesses from year to year, right? Things shift. So I don't know that they can lean on the secondary like they have in the past, but I really like the defense they've built because I think they do have a very good front seven. I've said that before. I really like this front seven. Hey, the what, secondary... did I say, what did I say a few weeks ago? And you hot take they they could be right. a top five unit in the league. We'll I'm, see, I'm, I, I, defense, top, front I, seven, top front seven. We'll see. I like their front seven. Can the secondary now the secondary has to do enough. That's not to say the secondary can't just not show up, right? And to me, that comes down to the rookies, Jack Jones, Marcus Jones. How much can they elevate the group? They're going to need significant contributions from both of those guys. If those guys can at least, you know, keep their heads above water, I think, yeah, the defense is the, the carrying unit of this team. If they can't, pass rush will be good and, and, and they'll have their plays, but it might not do enough. So I, I the defense can be good enough to be the carrying unit. I think so. We're just going to have to see what some of these young guys are in the secondary. And um, I was going to bring him yeah. up when you talked about the pass rush. Yeah, I'm, the chat's all over it. It was, you know, kind of getting my next point. Excited, I, I think we can get into too. I know, I don't know if you want to implement it, but kind of some breakout guys like Christian Barmore. I think is a huge X factor of this defense, right? You talk about Matt right. Judon, right? You, you talk about Jonathan Jones and his ability to kind of play, really be able to guard any type of receiver with his speed and physicality. But I think from the middle, especially that A gap, right? Like Christian Barmore is a super important piece, right? You saw him kind of gain a little bit. He kind of got the rookie leash. They let him go. He made some mistakes. If he can improve like we saw in the preseason against the run, like everybody knows about his pass rushing ability. He's been able to get to the quarterback since he got to Alabama. There's no question about that. Right. If he can improve like we saw in the in the, the limited time in the preseason, like you're talking about a, a monster and somebody that you can build a defense around and somebody that's going to make an impact every time he's on the field. Yeah, I, I've said this before. I think that they're, you know, He's the if you're going to get excited about one player, he's the player to get excited about. Boomer, he's the guy to go all in on. So, it you know, I think he could be great. I think they still need that third pass rusher on the other side, whether it's Jennings, whether it's Josh Uche, whether it's a rotation, right? That's a big thing to be a rotation, but yeah, I, I mean, I think there's a lot to be excited about up front. I, I think that's going to be one of the and, and even at the safety level, like Bill Belichick has said, the safeties are probably the best position group on the roster. It's just going to come down to what can those corners give you. The corners are the big unknown. They've been the big unknown since J.C. Jackson left in free agency, and they get a good test in week one. I think at the cornerback position, they're probably a little smaller 
than they've been in the past. They're probably a little smaller than you'd like to see. They don't, right? They really only have two true boundary corners, one of them being a rookie in Jack Jones. That kind of works their advantage this week, though, because you need those more prototypical slot corners in a game like this where you have the faster, shiftier receivers in Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. And the Patriots have a ton of those guys. Now, you know, prototype, you know, a match in prototype doesn't necessarily mean a guaranteed win for, for the defense. It doesn't. But they have the kind of players you want to defend this this offense. The other thing, too, and it, it kind of goes back to in March when they were building their team. We obviously saw philosophy change, right? They're not just going to man you up. They don't have the guys that can do it, right? With Gilmore and Jackson when they had that tandem and even last year a little bit on the outside, right? Like just strictly man coverage. Like it, it when they were building this team and through the draft, right? It was almost like we're going to zone this up where we know our pass rush is good. We know we can get to the quarterback. We're going to zone it up and match you with the amount of speed you put on the field. And I think Sunday's a great example of, of that with Hill and, and Waddle, and even Cedric Wilson, who's kind of a burner in his own right too, right? So I'm interested to see how they they, they dial it up defensively from a scheme scan standpoint where I guess all offseason, I don't know if you disagree, I got the sense of we're getting athletes on the field and we're just going to be able to try to match you with what the speed you put out there. Yeah, yeah, that's what it feels like. I mean, they want to get faster and more athletic Peppers, on defense, and they certainly both, did that. You know, Peppers, Marcus Jones, um, obviously Jonathan Jones, you know his speed. Uh, you know, Adrian Phillips, an athletic, speedier kind right. of tweener guy, right? Like, so they have the pieces to do that. They they don't have the pieces to go man to man. And I think the NFL is kind of ch- trending away from that. You know, the defense, or I guess the secondary, the Patriots have ran the last few years simply because guys are just too fast. Uh, but they have the guys to do it, right? They have the athletes on the field, especially in that secondary. And you're seeing too at, at the linebacker position, McMillan, Wilson. Uh, Uche Jennings, like they're, they're, they're there that you wanted this. You wanted to get athletic. You wanted to get more faster. Well, these pieces are here. Now it's time that can they, can they answer the bell? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's, that's kind of what we're going to find out this week. So I guess any last thoughts, anything you're looking for in particular, uh, in terms of this week, we'll get into tonight's game and maybe a little predictions in there. Um, yeah. Anything else? Yeah, I, I think the coaching matchup's really interesting. You know, Mike McDaniel's yep. kind of already been crowned the next it coach. And you're not it, a Mike McDaniel guy, I can tell. I, he hasn't done anything. He, he's got well, a ton. The of thing with me, for... with him, and and all these like McVay and Shanahan descendants is like, yeah. oh, he's the offensive coordinator for the Niners, Mike McDaniel. Like he's gonna, he wasn't the like Kyle Shanahan's the offensive coordinator there, man. You know what I mean? Like it's, I'm not, you know, uh doubting the guy or his abilities, right. To run a team, but it's like, don't hype this guy up when you've seen that this could blow up in their face. Like this guy has zero head coaching, right. And I think he's a guy that's kind of goofy. One of those teams or coaches, I guess that, you know, guys either love to play for is like, this guy's quirky. And I, I, I don't understand what this is. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I just, I, I, again, I, he hasn't done a ton. There's a lot of guys that are good coordinators but not necessarily you know they don't pan out they don't become great coaches a lot of guys from that tree specifically there's been a couple times it's been little things where mcdaniels looked a little uh, you know in over his head this summer what's more fascinating about it to me though is you know dolphins have won four to last five against the patriots everybody talks about how the patriots can't beat this dolphins team and they have their number and why is that well brian flores was the head coach in miami as this series series shifted and the Dolphins started really running it up on the Patriots. 
it, it coincided with Brian Flores getting to Miami. I, I think Brian Flores is a great coach. I don't think Miami should have fired him. And I know that there's potentially other reasons there and whatever the reason it was wrong that Miami let him go. It was a bad football decision decision. It was potentially just a bad personal decision as well. But I, I think he was a good coach and he knew how to beat the Patriots. That team that came in and beat the Patriots at the end of the 2019 season was not a good football team. The Patriots were the significantly better team and he came in and beat them. So we're going to learn a lot about Mike McDaniel and a little bit about Brian Flores on Sunday, because well, just how much of Miami's dominance over the Patriots recently was due to Flores. I think it's more than people necessarily give him credit for. And we'll see if McDaniel can match can, if McDaniel can match that level of success right away. It, it, it's, it's a good first test for him, too. I know people think the Dolphins are going to run away with this game and Mike McDaniel is going to win coach of the year. I, I don't know about that. And it's just going to be interesting to see what the Dolphins look like without that intricate knowledge of how the Patriots operate like they had with Brian Flores. Yeah, I mean, all the respect to him. <laughs> like yeah. with that roster, you said that came in and, and blew up a first round buyer that the Patriots faced. That was a terrible football team. And I think they won like yeah. five of seven down the stretch, right? Then they started yeah. 0 and 10 and finished like four and 12 or five and 11. I think it was five and 11. Like he did a fantastic job. Uh, but yeah, that that's an interesting one too, from a coaching standpoint. I know Boyer's still there. He, he was a Flores guy. He was in new England. But like I said, with kind of the Shanahan descendants, like Brian Flores was the D coordinator there, right? Can, right. can Boyer do it on his own? They have the pieces. Like that defense is no joke. It's going to be a tough game. It's tough. It's going to be tough to get yardage and points on the board from an offensive standpoint, not because of your problems, but because they have some players over there. So uh, I'm interested to see, I, I, like I said yesterday or Tuesday, it'll be your typical Pats Miami game down there, in my opinion, right? It'll just be close and back and forth and, Kind of a slop fest, which I said you don't want to get into, but it just seemingly always happens down there. I personally think that just, you know, I'm, I told you I was really optimistic on Tuesday. I kind of came a little bit back down to earth. I don't know how I feel about this game. It's it's week one. It's it's a good measuring stick versus a team that I think down the stretch you'll be battling for. And like you say, you don't want to call it a must-win game week one, but when it's a divisional opponent and somebody that you're kind of neck and neck with that I think will be fighting for a playoff spot down the stretch, these are ones you're going to look back on it in a few months and go, damn, I wish we had that one if you didn't get it. So that's where it comes into that must win. Very important game. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, you look at last year, right? That, that fumble late in the game and we were revisiting that late in the year. How different do things look at the end of the year if, if they just, you know, hold on to that ball there. So yeah, any divisional game is a big game, any divisional game, you know, there's a chance you're looking at the end of the year and saying, what if it went differently? Any uh, any thoughts about the game tonight? You gonna watch? You, you excited for it? I hope it's nine six final. I just I I'm. I think the over under is like fifty four. Yeah, I hope it's crazy. like nine to six. We we need to pour some water on this whole thing. Or just the Bills just get humbled right off the bat. Like, or I don't the Bills just get rolled. Yeah, I mean I'll always take that. You the Bills the, you and Bills fans not a not a good relationship. I'm sure they'll start coming after me. I, it was pretty bad last year, but I, I know you've you've had a history with them. So that would that's music to your ears if they got rolled. I think it's a great measuring stick for like we talked about earlier in the show how good this team really is. Like the Rams are are the Rams. That that's the cream of the crop. That's a, an elite football team that's yeah. going to be there in the end again. They got the same roster. Um, like I think aside from the Chiefs a few years ago, and obviously they got back. That's a team that, you know, I know no one's repeated since 04. Like, it's hard to pick against that team right now until until proven otherwise. I know things can happen along the year. Uh, I don't know. I went uh, 
my Super Bowl, I, I gave a Super Bowl pick on the hub last week, and, and my was Super Bowl it? picks tend to, tend to change. So first off, let me preface by saying this. My Super Bowl pick last year on this show was Packers-Titans. Now, both of those teams did choke in the playoffs, but who were the one seeds in each conference last year? The Wait, Packers yeah. and the Titans. They were the one seeds last year. Those were the two buys last year. So, all right, my NFC pick, right? Brady, new team, title. Stafford, new team, title. Wilson, Russell Wilson. I love the raw. Ro- I've loved the roster the Broncos have had. Losing Tim Patrick does hurt, but they've got some really good receivers over there. Their defense was a top five defense in football last year. People forget that. Good players, Actually, man. They were just they, missing the quarterback, like Tampa. They're, yeah, they're going to be battle tested coming through the AFC West. I don't even know that they win the division, but I like them coming out of the AFC. The 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 Broncos upsetting Buffalo, upsetting the Chiefs, all of them. And man. Aaron Rodgers is going to complete one of these FU tours eventually. He's so mad at the world. Eventually, like, it's I, I, me picking the Packers in the Super I think this is a third or fourth year I picked the Packers to go to the Super Bowl. Me picking the Packers to go to the Super Bowl is the way I people mean, predict Brady falling off the cliff. If you say it enough times, eventually you're going to be right, and your batting average may suck, but hey, you get to say you were right in the end. I, I So I'm going I'm going Broncos over pa- or Packers. I didn't actually pick which way it was going. I'm just going Broncos, Packers, Super Bowl, real '90s vibe Super Bowl. I like the Packers too out of the NFC simply because I think this is the best defense they've had since their last title. Right? Everybody yeah. talks about the loss of Devontae Adams, obviously huge. A lot of young playmakers. I think a guy like Alan Lazard is a really underrated receiver, somebody that can elevate his game to being a one there. I don't want to get too too far off, but it is the season preview. Season kicks off tonight. I'd like to talk a little bit about the league. I like the Packers out of there. And I know it's another team that's missing their top guy, but if anybody can kind of make it work, I, I like what the Chiefs did in the offseason. They don't, I think that Juju Smith spot moves, yeah. is a very interesting one. I think that can really work. I mean, well, say what you want about the MVS off the field too. stuff. And I was going to say, Mar- yeah. Marquez Valdez Stantlin, somebody that could stretch the field for them. I mean, that's a speed serve. He can stay healthy. Really like Sky Moore coming out of, out of Western Michigan in a certain scheme fit. I think that fits perfectly for him. Uh, obviously their defense has been kind of their, their Achilles heel over the last few years, getting timely stops. So I like the chiefs and Packers. It's like, it's like the Mahomes at the state farm that like, like you said, you got to be right. Mahomes and, and uh, Rogers got to meet uh, at least once. Right. It was like, what was it? Brady and Rogers. They had to meet in a super bowl. Everybody Packers Patriots. Never got that. No, the, the one I really wanted was Brady Brees, which we Breeze, got yeah. in that playoff game when he was in Tampa, but Brees wasn't, Breeze at that point. I mean, he was cooked. Right. So, no, no it's uh, a Mahomes Rogers Super Bowl would be a ton of fun. I would actually oh, yeah. really enjoy There's that. So much talent. I mean, those have they I mean, played in the regular season yet. They must have. Yeah, they did two years. I think the COVID year they played, if I'm not wrong. I think the Packers won. So they last played, they played in 19. So it was 19. Which it was a Sunday night game? The Packers won. And then they played last year, which the Chiefs won. But I, I don't think Rodgers played in that. Rodgers game was out. He had the that was the COVID. Jordan Love played that week. Yeah, it was a thirteen-seven game. All right, so they met yeah. once. They met in twenty nineteen. All right, but so, it would be cool. I like that, that one. Would be a very cool Super Bowl. And like I just said, I know I'm kind of contradicting myself with the Rams. Like that Matthew Stafford elbow thing is is a little queasy to me. Right, you got to stay healthy. I think it's a it's a really well, good roster, but similar, it's an aging roster. Some team that's played a lot of football over the last few years similar to like the Bucs and the Chiefs like you're gonna cool off 
I think they have no problem getting back to the AFC, NFC title game because it's very top-heavy. Uh, I don't like Tampa with that offensive line. I know Tom Brady's probably still going to win at an exceptionally high level. Everybody knows that. But right. um, I don't think they got the, the, the line to be able to hold up. Like the, that last title one, I mean, that was uh, like like his last few rings, right? That offensive line just put on a clinic down the stretch. Yeah. Um, and getting David Bakhtiari back for, for the Packers. I like that. Packers Chiefs, Packers Broncos, same division. We'll see. We'll see what happens later on in the year. I think tonight Basically, will be fun. I, look, I, I feel pretty good about Packers versus whoever comes out of the AFC West. I was tempted to go Raiders. I, I, I need to oh, see it. You know, for that. real with Josh McDaniels. Oh, dude, You're that sticking roster, with that. Are you kidding me? That You're roster is so that? talented. Yeah. How about what? the quarterback? Sticking with what? Come on. No, I'm, I'm going back to the Brady on the shop oh. when he talking about everybody thinks he's talking about the Raiders, which I, I 100% think he was. Un- no, he's overrated. The Niners. He was talking about the Niners. I. I, I don't know. Adams and Renfro and Waller's an elite pass catching group. They've got good backs. The offensive line's good. That defensive front is outstanding. Are you kidding me? Max Crosby and, and, and Chandler uh, Jones. Jones. Until you win a playoff game, I, I can't take a stock in you. I'm sorry. I know this is the best team he's had, best structure he's had in terms of a coaching staff. They're the fourth best team in that. I'm division. just I, I'm going with my real Super Bowl pick is whoever Actually, comes out of the AFC West against the. Packers. I'm completely changing mine because I completely forgot that I spent the last like three weeks to everybody that's around hyping up the Chargers. I'm going to go the Chargers out of the. AFC. Oh, that's the one team in the AFC West I don't like. Coach sucks. Oh, Justin Herbert's an an MVP candidate. I like what they did on defense. Similar to I mean they. And, and they'll get really just... close, and Herbert will play really well, and they'll get really close, and the coach will stick his nose in his spreadsheet and do I, something stupid. I think stupid. he learned last cost... year. That was, he, like, he clearly didn't. He, not... he clearly didn't because they blew that game against the Chiefs on the Thursday night when they went for it on fourth down like eight times and went like 0 for 8. You'd think he'd learn his lesson then. Maybe straight up costing his team a playoff spot will do it. Again, he individually cost uh, that team a spot in that's the what playoffs. I'm saying. I, I would don't know hope how he you comes learn. back and faces the locker room. With they don't talent. learn. The math, the math types, they don't learn. They are so indebted to that crap. I just, I really like I, I Herbert. love Herbert. I love the Chargers yeah. roster. I don't trust the coach. We'll see. I think we can agree an AFC West team versus the Packers. I wouldn't be yeah, surprised. If, I feel good I, about I, that. Even, even the, 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 I guess the, the bashing of the Raiders, I've said, like I said, that's an elite roster. Put it this way. I wouldn't be surprised if any of those teams at AFC West came out of AFC, right? Cause you said battle tested, like they got to go play each other yeah. six times, like have fun betting those games and, 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 and uh, predicting those winners. But um, anyways, that'll do it for us. Thanks for tuning in for the, for the game preview here. We'll be back Tuesday, kind of breaking down this game, looking ahead to Pittsburgh uh, Patriots, obviously kick off week one Sunday at one o'clock in Miami, big game for them. We talked about it, Alex. It's been a blast.